Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Welcome to the WAG Podcast. Kendra Sheehan alongside Eric Danner. A lot to break down on this podcast. Three men's soccer players from the WAG drafted in the first round of the 2022 MLS Super Draft. The 2022 conference football schedule has been released and we are launching a TikTok. That is all <laughs> ahead on our WAC podcast. Kendra, you buried the lead. The TikTok. Why <laughs> isn't that off the top? I know. Put it down to three. <laughs> We're very excited about that. But yes, very excited to have three players taken in the first round of the MLS draft. We were watching it on YouTube the other day on their live stream and we're kind of uh, keeping an eye out for certain players we had heard about that could be drafted, but maybe the most surprising thing, not that who was drafted for, I guess the, the surprising thing is who was drafted first, not that they were drafted per se. Yeah, that's a great point. Jojea Quizera was the first WAC player taken off the board for CF Montreal. He was the 15th overall selection and UVU was in the men's soccer tournament. Uh, they did lose in the first round, but that was such a great game to watch. Oh. I was at that tournament. I mean, UVU just was such a fast-paced team, and DJ Aquizera had some goals and assists in that tournament. He was a standout player for sure. They were they had a 3-1 to one lead over San Jose State, wound up losing 4-3, to three, but he did have two assists and a goal in the three scores by Utah Valley. So a super fast player uh, watching some of his highlights uh, has an opportunity to go to uh, CF Montreal. <laughs> we were listening to the draft. We weren't aware he was taken <laughs> because they did that pick in French. And yeah. I didn't hear anything, you know, like, we oui, oui, Utah Valley or anything, you know. It was, so we, we kind of missed that one initially and then found out later on that he was selected uh, 15th overall. And congratulations to him. And then uh, 22nd pick, Isai Easley, our defensive player of the year from the WAC, uh, from Grand Canyon goes to Sporting KC. Yeah, Eastside was one of that four back line that GCU had. They had such a strong defensive line. It was really difficult to break down. Of course, CLU eventually did break it down, and they went on to win the Wackman soccer tournament. But Isai Easley was a key player. He played on the wing a bit sometimes. And then five picks later, his teammate Justin Rasmussen was selected by the Portland Timbers with the 27th pick. He was a goal scorer for the Lopes, and I think he'll be shifting more into a defensive role with the with the Timbers. He might have to change his Twitter handle from Sir Scores a Lot to <laughs> Sir Doesn't Allow Scores a Lot, maybe, or something like that. But uh, he has been an outstanding player in the WAC for a number of years. And uh, when we were looking at some of the mocks, uh, Isai Easley was actually in the top 10 uh, by some estimates. He winds up going 22. Rasmussen goes 27. But three WAC players taken in the first round just shows you the strength of WAC men's soccer. And it's always... If you were to rank, you know, the best sports in the WAC year to year, especially the last few years, generally getting two bids to the NCAA tournament and now getting three first round picks, that shows you how the, the strength of WAC men's soccer. Certainly. We saw it during that tournament. I mean, the talent on the rosters that was at that men's soccer tournament was tremendous. And I remember speaking with San Jose State's head coach, Simon Tobin, who had said across his tenure as head coach in the WAC, this was probably the best 
teams the best tournament that he had seen or was expecting to see with the quality of the teams that were in it. And then in the second round, Air Force's Tristan Traeger went to Atlanta United FC with the 47th overall pick. He was down in the second round, which we were seeing. Maybe he'd be in the first round pick, but we saw him uh in the men's soccer tournament and he had scored and there was actually i think he got injured and wasn't sure if he was going to be able to play right he's able to play scores a crucial goal and was just pretty much uh, a tremendous player for them as well and you wonder if tristan might have been drafted higher if he did not have the commitment that he has to the air force uh, which is always tricky when you have players from the air force academy because they do have a a five-year commitment to the air force so a lot of times so tucker bone we saw selected a few years ago he was able to work out a deal where he was stationed in reno was able to play for the reno usl team so it's it's a little different maybe than some other players but to go in the second round also shows you even with that uh you know not baggage but uh something you have to work around regarding his commitment uh that he would still go in the second round to atlanta one of the top teams in the uh, mls Certainly, and that wasn't all of our WAC players drafted. We had two more selected in the third round, UTRGV's Rashawn Walks heading to Toronto FC, and then Seattle used Hal Uteritz making the short trip over to the Seattle Sounders FC. Pete Fewing, the head coach at Seattle U, there is a bit of a pipeline, if you will, <laughs> from uh, downtown Seattle over to uh, the link or whatever the, the stadium's called now in Seattle where the, the Sounders play. And uh, Coach Fewing is actually a color analyst for the Sounders, so obviously there's a lot of connections there. And a few years ago, we saw Alex Roldan from the Red Hawks selected by the Seattle Sounders in the first round. Took a few years, but Alex now a uh, all-star in the MLS. So uh, hopefully we can see similar things with, with Al Uteritz, but uh, six players selected uh uh, banner day for whack men's soccer certainly and i think i saw a tweet where so we had marlene shimmer who was drafted from the nwsl first round ninth overall pick to san diego wave and then three guys for the mls draft it was one of i don't want to say six programs in the country that had a player drafted first round in the mls and in the nwsl so great grand canyon being the the program yeah grand having, having two players selected in yeah the first round, and they so. were i think they were most power five programs so to have you know our program up there is just showing that we have some talent in the whack we sure do and we also um my favorite transition football to football 2022 <laughs> football schedule show we had this week, uh, you had a chance to talk with David Saltzman, break down what the conference games are going to be uh, starting on September 1st this year, and uh, a lot of big games to look forward to. Yeah, we were we were looking at the schedule. We broke down about five or six games in particular. David Saltzman, ESPN play-by-play broadcaster, had a chance to be on the call for some of the FCS playoff games. We broke down that first one, Lamar at Abilene Christian under the lights to kick off conference play. And then we have the Battle of the Piney Woods in October, which, you know, people debate with Sam Houston going to Conference USA. Will we see one of those? And David was like, people love the Battle of the Piney Woods. We got to keep it going. It's the second longest uh, rivalry Yeah, in the FCS. And one of the longest in, in Texas as well, as he mentioned, the Texas versus Texas A&M of uh, the FCS, if you will. And you can check out all the games uh, on our website, WaxSports.com, if you want to see uh, where your favorite team is going to play. 
FCS National Championship game. We talked a little bit about it last week. North Dakota State beating Montana State 38-10. This was a 28-0 at the half, so I'll be completely honest with you. I did not watch beyond the uh, first half. North Dakota State, very impressive team this year. Yeah, North Dakota State has been impressive for a while. I mean, they're a team that I can certainly see competing at the FBS level. Eventually, they come from the Missouri Valley, which is known to be one of the toughest football conferences in the FCS. They often, I think last they got 16. You know about the Missouri Valley Football Conference? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Spent some time in Southern Illinois covering SIU. Actually, so Montana State, the team that knocked out Sam Houston. Sam Houston, and then we have North Dakota State, the team that knocked out SIU. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well tie in there yeah. if you will let me get on the twitter about that <laughs> i almost did <laughs> follow at kendra sheehan underscore <laughs> uh speaking of following you should now follow us on tiktok as we have launched a tiktok account whack underscore vegas and we're starting to we, we didn't want to put out the word right away we wanted to get some videos under our belt if you will and uh, we'll have a video out Today, uh, depending on when this podcast goes out, I think this will go out after this fabulous dun 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 that Kendra did today. Yeah, it's it's a great video. I'm not sure how these influencers just make a hundred videos a week because it took me, you know, a good seven tries before I was satisfied with this one. Jackson Mahomes esque, yeah, if you will. Just recently, over in uh. In Denver, Denver yes. where our office is located. But at WAC underscore Vegas is the TikTok. And if you follow us this week, so starting today and then running till I believe Friday is the cutoff, you will have the chance to be put in to win tickets to WAC Vegas, all session tickets. Big value. We're just going to randomly select, but you have to be following our TikTok account. And plus, you want to follow our TikTok account because we're going to be churning some great content, especially when we head to some of the championships. We get a chance to maybe get in person with some of the athletes and show you guys the behind the scenes of what makes a championship. First one I'll be going to is swimming. Probably won't see it because it's our Whack Vegas, but, you know, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another big thing happening this week is nationally televised game at GCU. That'll be this Saturday as Grand Canyon hosts Tarleton and the Texans off to a three and one start. A couple of big wins this past week. It'll be the first nationally televised game at GCU. So the uh, ESPN folks get a taste of what the uh, Havocs are all about. Roxy Bernstein and Adrian Branch will be on the call. Uh, They've done our, our basketball tournament championship a few times as well. So that'll be very exciting to see the uh, Havocs get some uh, primetime exposure. I mean, I think they deserve it. I was speaking with Grand Canyon men's basketball head coach Bryce Drew this past week, and he was saying that he's coached at Valparaiso, at Vanderbilt. He's been in the NBA. And the environment that has been created by the Havocs at GCU is something that you have to experience. I hope that the production does a good job showing all of you know what the Havocs do, but if you ever have a chance to get out to Phoenix – Go see a game in person. If you can get a ticket. If you can get a ticket, that's yes. a great point. And also want to point out Bryce Drew will be on the show here in our next segment. Yes. So you'll be able to hear that interview in its entirety. So that's super exciting for the WAC. I think a great showcase uh, regarding uh, GCU 
and Tarleton, who, who just had both our players of the week. We're sh- uh, shooting this on Thursday, recording this on Thursday, and Tarleton plays at New Mexico State tonight. So that'll be one to watch. Uh, we have a ton of games happening tonight. And luckily, uh, I'm knocking on wood as we say this, not nearly as many COVID uh, postponements as we had the last week and the week before that. So hopefully what we're seeing, you know, that uh, things getting, uh, I'm using the air quotes here, more back to normal. Yeah, maybe the surge was from you know the Christmas, the holiday break where players might have gotten to go home for a few days and then they're coming back and testing. And so hopefully not a whole lot of men's games. I mean, some are moved around. I think at a lot, we saw a lot of women's games that were postponed. So hopefully, yeah, we're in the so, so clear-ish quite, area. Quite a few games on tonight, Thursday, quite a few games on Saturday, and then uh I believe we have four games right now on the schedule for Monday as well. So look at that. Uh, and some of those are rescheduled from you know being uh, postponed over COVID. Conference play not just happening twice a week. We are getting multiple days of jam-packed action. And no. Oh, sorry. Oh. I stepped on you there. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say there are featured. So obviously the oh, yeah. GCU Tarleton game is our featured game of the week this week on ESPNU. 7 o'clock Mountain Time on Saturday. The women's featured game of the week. We're holding our breath a little bit for Utah Valley taking on California Baptist. Utah Valley has already had a game postponed on Thursday. So we're hoping that their game against CBU will go uh, off as scheduled on Saturday. CBU uh, a team that it seems to have picked up where they left off last year doesn't have the gaudy undefeated record that they did last year, but they are seem to be just as good, if not better. And they even have a, a freshman who stepped up big this week, who uh, first time starter again. Kind of, some players were out, uh, those kind of things, and and she had a chance to start and was our ticket smarter whack freshman of the week. Yeah, Trinity San Antonio. Big-time player for California Baptist in that game against Chicago State, along with Anya Oleda, who we've been talking about all season. I mean, I see the Lancers going deep into the WAC Vegas tournament. Whoa. I know. That's a Hot bold take prediction. Alert. Hot but, take, yeah. I mean, they're playing. And then they'll have a great matchup against UVU's Josie Williams, who is – you know, I don't even – she's 6'5". Six, 6'5", six, five. Six, five. Six, okay, five, one so. of the top rebounders in the country, Anya Oleda. Unfortunately, CBU not eligible for the NCAA uh, tournament uh, this year. This is their last year transitioning from Division II to Division I. Uh, they would be eligible uh, potentially for the WNIT, and also their players are not eligible for the individual statistical championships, which honestly don't uh, completely understand that rationale, maybe. Uh, but if they were, Ani Oleda would have led the nation in assists last year, leading the nation in assists again this year. Now, sticking with the women. And, and Ani Oleda, did we, did we, we talk about the 1,500 points? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, we'll just, let's skip ahead, <laughs> throw the rundown out the window, if you will, because we're just going with the flow milestone moments. Ani Oleda joined the 1,500 point club for her career. And that's getting into some some uh, rare air, if you will. Uh, we talked a little bit about Becky Hammond last week being over 2,500 points in her career yeah. as the all-time leading scorer in the WAC. But uh, the list of players who have scored 1,500, uh, not very long in the history of the WAC. Now, she does get that benefit of that extra year, I, I suppose, but not all that was in the WAC either. But uh, Ani Oleda, definitely one of the best players we've seen in the WAC, especially in, in the past five years. And uh, Johnny McCants, 
also getting a milestone this past week from New Mexico State, getting his 100th career block. Oh, yeah. So He's been in our whack top play. We've seen some of his fierce rejections, so to hit 100 blocks is pretty cool. And then Ayana Johnson out of Tarleton hit 1,000 career points. So congratulations to all our players on hitting those career milestones. Speaking of hitting, we had three buzzer beaters this past week that were pretty exciting, including Chicago State defeating California Baptist for their first conference win in the past three years. Talk about an exciting game, especially for Cougars fans who haven't had a win in the WAC since March 2019. Yes. Yeah, it was against Kansas City. So Kansas City was still in the league. Oh, the last time Chicago State 2018. had a win, 2018, 2018, yes. not even 2019. Because uh, 2020, they did not play a conference schedule. Uh, they, they opted out due to COVID. So, yeah, it's been a while. The Cougars had four players in double figures. Deshaun Corbett leading the way with 13. Ali Deba, who was our Ticket Smarter Freshman of the Week, a pa- past week 10. Dominique Alexander and Brandon Betson had 10 as well. Betson, though. That is the man of the hour for the Cougars. He was the one with the near buzzer beater. Yeah, the game winner. We also had two other games with game-winning shots. A buzzer beater, I guess, is is tough since they now stop the clock, you know, right at the yeah. point two or what have you. But Sam Houston getting a buzzer beater. That was also our whack top play this week as they win at Abilene Christian. So last week we're talking about Abilene Christian winning 11 games in a row, being a hot team in conference play, and all of a sudden they lose to Stephen F. and to Sam Houston. So they'll be trying to get uh, back on the winning track as they play Grand Canyon tonight as well. That's a tough one. It was Jaden Ray who had the uh, show-stealing moment off the glass and in, and then I guess that's the game winner. It wasn't the buzzer beater, but we, we like Pretty to call close. him near. Pretty close. Yeah, and that was probably one of our closest ones. And then Grand Canyon also getting a buzzer beater on the women's side of things. Uh, again, some teams playing uh, shorthanded. Uh, yeah. So players getting opportunities where they might not have had before, and it was Chloe Akinatiko. Akinatiko, former track athlete. So she was on our radar last year heading into the season because she had been uh, an all-Big 12 performer at the University of Kansas in track. And we had Coach Molly Miller was able to convince her, hey, she had a year left, come play basketball for a year, and then she got injured last year and was unable to play. So now back playing, gets an opportunity against Lamar to hit a three-pointer close to is about 4.7 seconds, I believe, was the time when she 4. hit it. 4.7. Yes. Stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was in overtime. So uh, well, certainly the biggest moment of her basketball career so far. Yeah, I'm loving these athletes that, you know, do one sport and then they have a year left. I think we have Taylor Muff from UTRGV, yeah. yeah. who is Northern Colorado for volleyball and is now playing pretty good basketball for the Vaqueros. So. She actually had a big game against GCU last week as well as uh, the Vaqueros. They believe they won uh, double digits over uh, GCU in Phoenix. That was kind of an eyebrow raiser, if you will. Yeah, and it's Thursday, so use this podcast on Wednesday, but we're making it for Thursday because, for fun, but uh, whack all... <laughs> we had a lot going on <laughs> we had this week. We had a lot going on this week. But our whack all access 
we shoot usually on Thursday. And so this morning I got a chance to speak with Marlene Schimmer, Grand Canyon women's soccer player, who was drafted ninth overall pick in the NWSL to San Diego Wave. So spoke with her. She was super fun to talk to. She actually, her hobby is riding a motorcycle. <laughs> and now that she's... Not anymore. Not anymore. Now that she's going into the NWSL, SL, she's not allowed to. So she's going to have one final ride, and then she said Whoa. she's got to get a car. So that's well. interesting. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then we also learned that she likes to eat Taco Bell after <laughs> her match. Yeah, I mean, what a what a post post match <laughs> snack, <laughs> Taco Bell. I don't know when the last time I've had Taco Bell, but well. They, they have a lot of fans. Yeah. And uh, New Mexico State swimmer Molly Hill was our guest the previous week with the WAC Swimming and Diving Championships coming up at the end of February, the 23rd through the 26th. Molly Hill will be in attendance. And that's actually the first time that her family will get to travel down and see her. They live in Canada and haven't been able to watch one of her swim meets. So she's excited for that. As well, in this past year, we with COVID and uh, yeah. this past year we did not allow fans right. at the swimming and diving championships. Those were in uh, the women's were in Dixie at Dixie State last year. Be back at the University of Houston with the men's and women's together. Uh, we're diving. We'll also be there. So it was kind of parsed out a little bit last year because of COVID. Diving was at the University of Northern Arizona. Men's was at UNLV. Women's was at Dixie. So much more uh, cohesive. Uh, championship this year having everything together at the university of houston you get a chance to see that in person New mexico state kind of been the uh, the number two team the past few years northern arizona an affiliate member in women's swimming a uh, seven-time uh whack champions looking for number eight coming up this year yeah that's that's one to be and i believe that new mexico state is having a meet with University of Northern Arizona and Molly Hill had talked about that that was going to be good preparation to see where they're at. Where can I see that interview if I want to watch it? Where can you see that interview? Well, why don't you go to our Wax Sports account on Instagram. Instagram, gotcha. Instagram. The Gram. The Gram. We okay. have those every Thursday. It's IG. Every Thursday, no matter what. No matter what, <laughs> with the exception of a holiday in which we will Now, what about you. when you're at swimming? Because you're going to be busy doing that. Are you still going to you know, be like, hey, guys, I got to, you know, got to do this IG live. Yeah. So in between heats, actually, they're going <laughs> to announce we're going to take a quick break. Kendra Sheehan <laughs> has to go on IG. You know, I might even do a live with a swimmer Whoa. just out of the pool. Well, yeah, and it's super Ooh. quiet at a uh, pool yeah. during a during an event. Well, that's why we're going to make the announcement and have everybody be silent <laughs> for 10 minutes. Turn your phones off. <laughs> Turn your phones off. Everyone be quiet. Oh, uh, we're kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to say every Thursday, but look for it most Thursdays. And yeah. when we do have them, we do announce it on our Twitter. So if you're following us, Wax Sports on Twitter, you'll be able to see and actually usually links our Instagram. But go give us a follow on Instagram. So that way, if you're just scrolling on a Thursday and you see Wax Sports Live, you can tune in. We had uh, Marlene Schimmer was also the subject of our whack in the day uh, this past week. She was our first draft pick in the NWSL from the WAC since 2015. And Stephanie Verdoya from Seattle U was the first ever NWSL draft pick and did a little research. Uh, she was in law school. We had her on the WAC podcast about a year and a half ago. Okay. Uh, during the pandemic, we were kind of doing a thing where we're talking to some former athletes Athletes of the decade, if you will, we didn't have an official award, but if we would have had a uh, 
women's soccer player of the decade, safe to say it would have been Stephanie Verdoya with all her goals and assists that she scored and, and as well as she played. Uh, played for the Boston Breakers uh, when they were a team in the NWSL, now a lawyer in the uh, Seattle area. So uh, one of those stories you, you like to hear where they, they took the opportunity they had being a student athlete, getting their education paid for, and then uh, going on to law school and, and now being an attorney. Yeah, very impressive from her. And uh, do we have a preview of what this week's Whack in the Day is going to be? We just well, that a it's still to be written, <laughs> but uh, I believe our topic this week will be the MLS draft Yeah, and having the three players taken in the first round. I have to make sure that's the first time ever. Pretty sure that is. Okay. Uh, we have had a few years where we've had multiple players in the first round, but having three players taken in the first round this year, uh, safe to say probably the first time ever. <laughs> well, you know, if you... Tune in and you listen to our Whack in the Day segment, and we are not talking about three players in the first round. <laughs> that was not the first time. <laughs> but uh, Whack Top Play, we talked a little bit about it, but it was the battle of the near buzzer beaters. GCU's Chloe Akin Otiko and Sam Houston's Jaden Ray. Sam Houston took this one by it's 52% of the vote. 56%. 56%. Yeah. All right. It's a little more than half. but. And remember, you can vote on, on Instagram and Twitter. They both count. So, That's you, true. so you can vote twice because we don't really have a way of preventing that. That's true. So <laughs> if you're not following us on both platforms, definitely go do that. And we like to see Sam Houston had some, some accounts that were really pushing rallying the, the yeah. people like hey go, we like to see that well it used to be back in the old days whenever gcu had a whack top play that you could vote for they were getting the whack top play no matter what because the havocs would come out and vote oh so i i don't know if you know that's, where were they I, chloe should have a word with them i mean where was the support <laughs> but they still uh still get more votes than a lot of uh teams but yeah. uh Maybe we'll see some whack top plays from our uh, featured game this week. Yeah, hoping hoping so. That should be a good one Saturday. Marking my calendar. As we speak here. Uh, coming up next, speaking of GCU basketball, Bryce Drew had a conversation with Kendra. It aired on the road to Whack Vegas. We'll replay it next on the Whack Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. We have a special guest joining us, Grand Canyon men's basketball head coach Bryce Drew. Coach, the Lopes are 12-2 and right now, 3-0 and in the WAC you like what you're seeing as we get deeper into conference play? Well, anytime you win a game, you're happy as a coach, uh, you know, moving on to the next one, especially in conference when, you know, games are so difficult, so challenging. Um, you know, it has been tough from a practice perspective with uh, some COVID protocols. We've only played, I believe, two games in like the last 23 days. So um, our guys are definitely getting tired of practicing. Um, you know, I think they're, they're definitely ready to, to play more games. With what you had mentioned with, you know, the practicing and, and games being canceled or postponed at different points of the season, like all teams have had, you've had different guys out sick or different guys feeling under the weather. How big has this next man up mentality been for this group? 
Uh, you know, I think uh, across the country, whatever sport it may be, I think depth is really important. I think, um, you know, the practice time, making sure that you have players, um, you know, ready and um, and just staying mentally focused. You know, years ago, you might have your rotation and it was pretty set. Um, but the next man up, like you said, it's, it's more true now than ever because uh, you just don't know day to day, you know, who's going to be on your roster, who's going to be available, you know, for that weekend to play games. When you look at your depth chart and you look at the guys that you have on the roster, Sean Miller-Moore, Tayshawn Cherry, Gabe McLaughlin, lots of players on the team, Javon Blackshirt Jr. I mean, who is your go-to when you're struggling during a game? Who do the guys turn to on the court? You, you know, one thing we really enjoy about our team is we, we have a lot of uh, players that, that can accept that role, um, you know, depending on what the defense is is doing that game and, and opportunities that are coming for us offensively. But then also on the defensive end, you know, we've had, you know, guards really, you know, have impactful games defending. We've had some of our bigs, um, you know, be our best defenders on the court. And so what we enjoy about our team is, is, is the depth and the versatility we have and different games, different guys have stepped up. You know, our backcourt has been kind of our, 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 our stronghold so far consistently with Javon, Blackshear and Holland Woods, um, they've been really good and, and um, we need for them to be good all year. Now, I had the opportunity to attend one of your games when Grand Canyon was hosting the men's soccer tournament, and I was absolutely blown away by the atmosphere. I mean, you've coached at Valpo, at Vanderbilt. This environment, it's unlike anything that I've ever seen. What has it been like to have fans back this year and how big has that role been in aiding this team in their success this season. Yeah, as a coach, I'm glad you got to experience it because <laughs> it, it's hard to talk about if someone hasn't really been here because yeah. I've, I've been in basketball my whole life. I've been all over to games all across the country and the pro level. And, and our, our experience is just so unique. Like I tell people, if you come one game in our arena, like you will not be able to walk into another arena and see it the same way. Um, it just changes your whole perspective. Um, just with the the energy and the excitement and and again it's it's literally a whole show in itself for the the two hours from start to finish from the time you walk into when you leave and uh, I'm thankful as a coach we have this type of environment and our players are thankful and um, you know we're excited hopefully to get more people like you to get to see it and really appreciate what we do here. People were telling me at the WAC office about the environment and I really didn't, I guess, fully grasp it until I was there. I mean, I was blown away the 20 minutes beforehand. It was like a whole concert. I had my phone up. I was recording it. It was, it was amazing. I just couldn't yeah. even believe it. <laughs> but uh, you got Abilene Christian on Thursday night. Now, Wildcats are playing tough basketball. What is it going to take for this group to get through this one? You know, they, they've won 72 games the last three years, two straight NCAA tournaments, round of 32 last year. Uh, it's a winning program, a winning culture. You know, they're one of the top teams in the country forcing turnovers. So they have an identity of, you know, who they are. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's different for us. You know, we haven't played a team that's, that's going to put the defensive pressure on us just to be able to pass the basketball and really swarm, you know, the ball like they do. So, um, you know, it's something that, that you know, we're going to have to get used to. You know, there's several teams uh, that joined our league from the Texas area that, that, that play, you know, pressure defense. And so um, it'll be a great test for us and also a starting point for us, you know, on, on how to improve, you know, after this game, after we face it. After you get through Abilene Christian, Saturday game against Tarleton is televised on ESPNU, the Lopes hosting an ESPN national broadcast for the first time. What type of exposure does that bring to your program? 
You, you know, uh, I was very thankful I got to work at ESPN a year. So I know a lot of the, you know, producers, uh, people there and, and they, they're all like, man, we got to get a GCU game on. We got to get a GCU game on because they were here for um, the final four years ago when they did the dunk contest here, but never for an actual GCU game. And they all know just how exciting it is here. So, you know, I, it's a huge deal, you know, for our whole school, for our program and, and just for people across the country to see what you got to see in person, to, to see, a, you know, a glimpse of that from TV. So uh, needless to say, you know, I think our whole campus is, is super excited about both games, you know, this weekend. When I spoke with Javon Blackshear Jr. during basketball preview days, he had told me that he felt like he took a really big leap this season. And we've already seen dynamic plays from him. MVP against San Francisco, his career best against UTSA. How have you seen Javon take his game to the next level? You know, the two biggest areas is, is his leadership. You know, he's really uh, matured, learning um, our, our system. And you now he's sharing that with other players and trying to raise their level of play, which is really fun to see as a coach. And then his shooting, you know, this offseason, he spent, you know, a lot of time in the gym, you know, working on his shooting. And, and there's a significant improvement from, you know, last year to this year with him. So, you know, as a staff, I don't think we could be any happier, you know, than where he's at and just the jump that he's made from sophomore to junior. You had some big wins in the non-conference slate, especially over San Francisco, who was undefeated at the time. How have you seen your team come together in crucial moments to pull out a win that is what you'll like to see as we get deeper into conference play? That'll become pretty important. When you get to conference, every game is, is really competitive. Um, so many games go down to the last minute, and so you're going to be in tight games. And the San Francisco game was a great opportunity for us to, to have a lot of a lot of game ending situations just in that last minute alone. And, um, you know, thankfully they missed their last shot and, and we were able to win by one, but um, hopefully that gave our guys, guys some confidence, but experience of being in a close game and knowing that you have to execute all the way through the buzzer. Coach, is there anyone that has surprised you this season on how they've developed as a player and kind of made some big moments when it was needed for the team? You know, one player, you know, Gabe McLaughlin, um, our power forward, you know, he um, he was a, a reserve off the bench behind two all league, you know, frontline players we had last year. And, and Gabe has really taken more responsibility on his shoulders. You know, he needs to be, you know, our, our frontline player that's able to score for us and then rebound and step out and defend on the perimeter. So his game has had to really expand, you know, this year. And, and he's kind of taken that responsibility and knows that he needs to, you know, play well for us. So it's been kind of just fun to see him, you know, accept that responsibility, want it, and then work to get better at it. How important has this team chemistry been? I know in that UTRGV game, uh, Holland Woods to Sean Miller Moore. I mean, their connection on the court, I think they have three alley-oops. It was pretty incredible to watch. How have they developed and you've seen your team become so close-knit? You know, we have a lot of transfers. We have, uh, and, and freshmen, about eight new players this year. And so getting that cohesiveness, that chemistry takes time. And, you know, they're both fifth-year seniors, so they have a lot of experience, play with a lot of players in their career. And, and um, they just have a, a connection there. They kind of know where each other's at on the court and, you know, can really feed off each other. So um, it, our crowd loves it. You know, it's an exciting moment in our gym when those two can connect for an alley-oop. So hopefully we see a lot more of those, you know, the rest of this year. So Bryce Drew and the GCU Lopes will be playing Tarleton this Saturday. They're also playing Abilene Christian on Thursday night. So a couple big games for the Lopes. And as Coach Drew mentioned during your interview there, they have not played a whole lot of games the past month. And a lot of that 
you know, COVID uh, postponements, those kind of things. So I, I think he wishes they had played a few more games leading up to now, but uh, nothing he can really do about it at this point. Yeah, right. You kind of just have to go with the flow this season. Abilene Christian, a team that plays tough defense, probably one of the toughest defensive teams that the Lopes should see up until this point and that'll prepare them well for Tarleton and he had kind of mentioned and I had asked him about different players stepping up the next man up mentality because of course at the time you know Gabe McLaughlin has been out other players have been out sick whether it was with COVID or not and then of course the COVID protocols do take effect into that but they have tons of players as I looked at that roster that I think can step up Javon Blackshirt Jr. is one who, when I talked to him before, he had said he made a massive leap, and, and we've really seen that this season. So exciting matchup with Abilene Christian, and then the big one, Tarleton <laughs> on ESPNU. Thanks so much for Bryce True speaking with us. He was awesome. He is, and he's been a coach for a long time. He's been at Valpo, hit the uh, miracle shot in the NCAA tournament that, uh, you know, one of those – March Madness moments that they always show every single year. And then was a first-round pick in the NBA by the Houston Rockets. So he was uh, quite a player in his day. And, of course, his dad was the coach at Valpo, played for him. Brother was also a coach. Uh, By the way, I understand he uh, won the national championship last year at Baylor. Yeah, I mean, there's, I believe there's a picture of them at the tournament with their hugging when GCU is also in the tournament and Baylor, of course. And then he, uh, he and his dad were in attendance during the game. That, that was one of the cutaway shots they, they showed a few times when uh, Baylor won the national championship to have his brother Bryce and then the, their dad in attendance at the game. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool story yeah. between those two, that whole family. But to close out, you know we got to talk about it one more time. Because we got to push this. Follow us on TikTok, whack underscore Vegas. That is whack underscore Vegas. One more time, whack underscore Vegas. We want to get you guys following because, you know, as the young kids have uh, – said tiktok is is quite a platform these days and especially for videos yeah so it's it's an opportunity for us to get uh, some of the videos we've been putting out you know we're players of the week some things that you're going to be doing uh in the weeks ahead here and and just kind of reinforce that brand and uh that you know we we're we're here we're starting with basketball we'll see where this this goes from here but it's always exciting to have something kind of fresh and new if you will and do we want to talk about why we are using the WAC <laughs> underscore Vegas well, we're, we're, Let's just say we're just hoping to have the WAC sports <laughs> soon. But for now, it's WAC Vegas. Okay, yeah. okay. And if you uh, do follow us, you'll be entered to win WAC Vegas tickets this week, this week only. So you better follow us right away. For Kendra Sheehan, I'm Eric Danner. <laughs> Thanks to everybody for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.